You're listening to Mission Lab. Mission Lab. From our living new man, Ben Here's our parents, Sean and Camille Brace. This is Mission Lab, and I'm Camille Brace, and I'm here with my husband, Sean. And this is episode 61, hashtag restart. So it's so good to be back. Um, it's I been don't, a long time, Camille. Yeah, I don't remember the last time I've... Um, July 2 was the last episode you were on. July wow. 2 was 2018. I've had a good summer break then, I guess. Yeah, summer vacation, just lying on the beach all the time. I don't know about that. But uh, we we were uh, we did a number of things this summer. Summer um, is not over yet. Yeah, it's not only, technically over. It's only August 10 as we record this. But we had camp meeting, which I think we talked about in one episode. Well, that the the last episode you were on was before that. Oh, of course, okay. I've been on different episodes with people at camp meeting. Yes. And um, yeah. So, so yeah, we had our camp meeting in northern New England, which is located in Maine. Uh, southern Maine, and then after that, we were home for about four days, and then headed to Pugwash, Nova Scotia, where Sean spoke for a camp meeting for the weekend in camp meeting there. Uh, beautiful location right on the beach, and wanted to give a shout out to Ricky and Stephanie Schwarz. Uh, we met them in Nova Scotia, and they said they were avid listeners of um, Mission Lab. Mission Lab, so it was great yeah. to meet them. And uh, great to hear about things that they are doing um, in their line of work and how it re- relates to mission. Yeah. So then what did we do after that? Well, we. So yeah. then after Pugwash Camp Meeting, uh, we were there for three days or so. We headed to over to Cape Breton, um, Nova Scotia, and we enjoyed some vacation time um, with family up there. Mm-hmm. So Beautiful, beautiful time. Uh, yeah, so that, bring, well, today we had an exciting event that took place. We want to put this on the record. <laughs> yeah, what happened today? Yeah, one we one had, other exciting um, part of summer. Well, I think we're doing pretty good. I was telling my friend, um, our oldest son, Camden, who's nine, we were letting him play with a knife. He was whittling some wood and... Yeah, he cut himself and ended up having to go to urgent care and get stitches. But I will say, I think we're doing pretty good. We've had kids for nine plus years, and this is our first stitches experience. Mm-hmm. We have yep. had a broken arm, which was Same also child. Camden. Yes, but the boy um, in the family. I'd say you know that's not too bad. Nine plus years, and we've had one broken arm and one set of stitches. Th- three stitches. Yeah. So that's not, that's that not was, too bad. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Good times. Good times. I. Got to take him to the uh, walk-in care. Also got to know a little bit the PA that that stitched him up was a nice fellow. And so, you know, we're always trying to be missional even at the, uh, at the walk-in care. But anyway, um, so yeah, now we all come to this grand episode that we've been kind of <laughs> hinting at for a while. And I feel good about officially talking about it at length. Because we have had an official vote at our church. In fact, that time between our camp meeting and when we went up to Nova Scotia for camp meeting and then vacation, we actually had an official business meeting 
where we had an official vote to officially vote and decide to move forward with restarting our church. And in fact, the business meeting was on a very special day, wasn't it, Camille? Our anniversary, just where I yes. wanted to be a church yes. business meeting that was on our probably anniversary. The first business meeting you'd ever attended, wasn't it? It probably was, yes. yes. In like our, what, 10 years that I've been pastoring when we've been married. And uh, it was fun, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we wanted all hands on deck and we wanted everybody there. So we had a, a good time. But anyway, restarting our church, what in the world does that mean? What is that all about? Why are we restarting our church? What's 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 that all about? Uh, quite simply, uh, the reason we have decided to restart our church is that we want our church as a whole to align with our missional vision. So, um, you know, for the last couple of years, we have been doing uh, a lot of missional work. We have two missional communities. Um, of course, Camille and I have been leading one for a couple of years and it's been really, really awesome <coughs> and we're really blessed by it and enjoying it. But would you say, Camille, that like the church as a whole over the last couple of years has been aligned with the missional vision as a whole? No, I think it's been, a, it's just been a small group of us who really see the vision and really see, have really seen the need for change. Um, and it, I wouldn't call it a, it wasn't a whole church Mm -hmm. um yeah it wasn't a vision yeah it wasn't a whole church vision vision and um it also seemed to me early on um as we were pursuing this missional stuff i thought to myself you know we can just do our missional stuff and we can kind of leave the church to do its thing like you know we're still going to be involved with the church but you know we'll mostly focus on our missional stuff and then the church can you know we can we can be involved with the traditional church stuff, but the more we journeyed, the more it seemed like you know what, these two things need to really align and match up, especially on Sabbath. Um, our Sabbath worship service just did not seem to to match up with the values of the missional efforts, and it wasn't harmonious with it. And so we thought, you know, as we're moving towards a, 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 a deeper missional experience and a more relational community experience, um, let's uh, let's try to put these two Get things together. Get the church together. on board. And yeah, yeah, yeah. More and, people participating and active in in that mission. Yeah, and I and I happen to have a personality where, admittedly, um, I have a hard time kind of incrementally. Uh, you know, going inch by inch. With, uh, it's hard for me to get really excited about that. Um, so like, yeah. So anyway, the history of it was um, this past January. Well, let's, let's take it back even a few months before that. We had tried <laughs> to kind of, kind of just what I would call nickel and dime uh, the church at large by trying a few different things last uh, fall. And I think maybe we talked about it a little bit where we had round tables that we introduced on Sabbath morning. And uh, we just wanted to try to try out a more relational worship service. And we were supposed to do it for three different Sabbaths. And we, only, we ended up only doing it 
for two Sabbaths because there was not a high... Well, there were some that were not excited about it. So we said, you know what, let's just back off. So we kind of like retreated and said, okay, how can we move forward? And in this past January, that is January of 2018, I was sitting on my bed on Sabbath morning praying. And I thought to myself, why don't we have a funeral for our church? And um, my personality, Camille, you can testify to this is when I get an idea, I'm just going to run with it. and like, Yeah, it's like he can't shut his brain off, and it's like all he thinks and breathes. Sometimes, uh, sometimes it's a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, but also, like, I just want to do it now. I don't want to, like, wait and, like, consider the cost. And I just want to, like, say, okay, everybody, this is what we're doing. Let's go do it. But I learned my lesson over the years. I've learned my lesson. I said, okay, we can't, I can't just stand up next week and say, hear ye, hear ye, we're going to have a funeral for our church on such and such a date. Um, nor would there be any point in having a funeral if there wasn't a rebirth. And so I said to myself, you know what? Um, we need to just kind of, I, I need to slow down. And I don't know if this is what God wants to have happen either. And so I said, why don't I just take it slow and let me just get the opinion of a few other people. And so without any further ado, I texted a few uh, leaders in my church and I said, hey, what do you think of this idea? And they said, we love it. We think that's a great idea. And I was, I was kind of surprised. And so I was like, you know, maybe this is the way we need to go. And so... As far as my approach, like just take it slow, just try to build a little momentum. And so after I talked to those two folks, I started lining up meetings, visits with one by one with uh, other leaders in the church. And I was ready at any point, And I don't remember when I when I shared this idea with you, Camille. Did I, did I share it like that day? Did I come down? I don't. I don't even remember. I think so. Yeah, I came down. You were. I don't know what your reaction was. It was probably like, oh, here's another idea he has, right? <laughs> probably. <laughs> um, and in fact, I I remember telling it with Ellie early on too, and she's just like rolling her eyes. She's like, okay, yeah, whatever. This is another one of you know your ideas. Um, but I I said, okay, if this is not of God, like this this doesn't need to proceed like and i have no attachment to that and if and if and if it's not what god wants then we can just you know keep doing our missional thing or whatever but i I started visiting one by one with leaders from the church and i would say hey uh how do you think the church is going right now and what was interesting is there was a 100 percent agreement from every person that you talk to at the church that something needed to change something needed to change as a whole so that's really 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 good because that's like 90 percent of the battle um in fact early on i started reading this article called leading change by i think it's john, john Cotter. Cotter. yeah he's a uh he was a uh, professor at harvard business school and it takes you through some important steps about how to lead change. And the n- number one most important thing 
is to get people to recognize just how much change is needed and to help people understand how bad things are. And so that was one of the great advantages is that everybody um, agreed that, oh, things aren't good as they are going right now because we had successfully taken our Sabbath attendance from 70 on a weekly Sabbath. Well, it was a high, I think. Yeah, well, no, that was average. I, I, I used to okay. keep track. Uh, we had taken it successfully from 70 to 40. Mm-hmm. Successfully done that, right, Camille? Yeah. Uh, so everyone's just like, okay, thing, something needs to change. So, um, so, but much to my surprise, like everybody I spoke with, almost 100% said, yeah, this restart idea would be a good idea. We think this would be, this really makes sense. Like we should do that. And so what we started doing was some of us started meeting together, uh, a number of the leaders, a half dozen to a dozen of us. And we started having conversations and spending a lot of time in prayer. Okay, what's our next step? What should we do? How should we proceed? What does this look like? And um, to make a long story short, we, after a few months of prayer and conversation, we decided that there was enough people in the church that we had spoken with that we should have a public conversation about it. And so... And that's when you guys came up with the idea of doing the brunch. Yes, the brunch, which was what? Which I think we talked about in one episode, right? Did we? I don't know. I think we did. Um, So the brunch, yeah, we... um, one of the leaders of our church arranged it to meet at the Hilton Garden Inn right here in Bangor. And anyone and everyone from the church was invited to come and attend, uh, kids and adults. Adults and, and it was just, business you know, everyone. Meeting. It was like, like, which is huge for us. There was like 40 people there. It was really uh, an enjoyable time, <coughs> to be honest with you. And uh, we, we set this vision of, of the idea of restarting. Um, I had early on called it replanting, but that term plant had kind of soured in well, people's minds. Well, it has a minds. different, plant has a different, like, meaning when mm. you think of a church plant. It's completely different than yeah. a restart. Well, not really, but the well, point is we... I think it is. Yeah, well, the point is we decided to use the term restart. Um, so we had that, that, uh, that brunch, which was really awesome. Again, high attendance and participation. And uh, one of the things that I found was challenging to me early on was um, what is my role? Like on the one hand, you know, my gifting is apostleship, which is like a visionary innovator. Um, And so setting a vision is, um, I think, part of my calling. But at the same time, I don't want to be like, working unilaterally and being like okay this is the plan let's all let's all do it uh but then i came to realize that there are um like people number one don't spend as much time thinking about this stuff as i do i know that's a surprise camille it's a shock really (laughs) (laughs) and number two uh most people are not trained in you know, re like visioning for a or organization, much less a church. And so the kind of leaders that we had been having conversations with, they were looking to me like, okay, this is a restart, but what, 
what does that mean? What does that look like? And so um, I basically painted this picture where if in 10 years you were to move to Bangor, say you had moved away and you came back in 10 years, what would you uh, encounter for a church different than what you experience now? And I basically said that we, you would encounter a church that <coughs> had four cultural values. And I think maybe what we'll do in the future, Camille, is we will break these down okay. um, in another episode. Uh, number one, there would be a culture of disciple-making. Number two, there would be a culture of community and connection. Number three, there would be a culture of inclusivity and recovery. And number four, there would be a culture of creativity. And um, anyway, we'll break those down more as we go, as we move forward. But um, anyway, the, the point is the upshot of that brunch was that we voted yep. to form steering committee, a steering committee. And what exactly what exactly is a steering committee? It's kind of a funny word. But what was the purpose of that steering committee? Um, the steering committee was everyone was welcome. Correct. Mm-hmm. I did not make it to any of those because of the children here at home and they were, you know, in the evenings. But um, we were going to have them here at our house, but there ended up being such a larger number of people that came that we decided to keep it at the church. And uh, that was just to form what this new restart would look like and what would be, you know, yeah, just how it would all play out and mm-hmm. what would be added, what would be taken away. And so you guys met for eight weeks? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting because early on, of course, in my thinking, I thought to myself, you know, we need to have a steering committee that's made up of, you know, only people who are very... Who see the vision. Yeah, who see the vision. Like, like we just want to, we just want to kind of move forward. Um, But our friend, uh, and we did mention this, our friend Judy, who's been on the episode before, her gift is shepherding. Um... And uh, she says, you know what? We need to have an inclusive. If if one of our one of our value cultural values is inclusivity, we can't have a steering committee that's exclusive. And so she said, we we just need to open it up to anybody and everybody. And um, part of me was like, oh boy. On the one hand, that could you know open us up to any wind of ideas. On the other hand, that could mean that it would take forever because the bigger group you have the uh, longer it would take. Um, but we decided early on to put a time limit on how many weeks we we're going to meet and summer was approaching anyway. And uh, originally we had said, let's meet for six weeks and ended up being eight weeks. But what, en- what ended up happening was there was about 20 individuals, which again, to me is staggering when it comes to our church. Um, there was about 20 individuals that came to those meetings week <coughs> after week. And uh, what we did is, first of all, the first week we established a gospel foundation. Um, I am of the opinion that any type of church um, structure or or vision or um, working uh, is an outworking of our understanding of the gospel. Some have said that um, that uh, soteriology, which is the study of salvation, informs missiology, which is the study and practice of mission. Thank you for breaking those down, and Sean. And missio- missiology informs ecclesiology. So in other words, 
the gospel is the foundation and the gospel works out a mission and the mission works out a church. So sometimes when we think about planting a church or we think about doing church, we're like so focused on the form of church that we're going to have. We're going to like, oh, we want a church that has, you know, um, great music. And we don't, we don't start with the gospel as the first part. And the gospel has to be the foundation. So if we have a faulty way of doing church, it's because we have a faulty understanding of the gospel. So we just started with the gospel. We, we, we focused on that. And then from there, we <coughs> went to mission. And how does the gospel inform mission? And we just kept hammering mission, 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 mission. And um, I think that's like one of the challenges today that especially younger people have. And we are younger people, right, Camille? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Is like we don't really understand the why. Well, why are we doing this? What's why do we have Sabbath? Well, I think school? that's what our generation is asking. Yeah, I, I think past generations. I think past it, generations asked it, but maybe not to the degree that we do. Yeah, and and we don't want to participate in something if we don't understand why we do it that way. Mm-hmm. And um, so you just gotta. There's a there's a TED talk I saw called "Starting with the Why." Like that is the single most important question. <laughs> if you get that straight then everything else is going to um, is gonna fall into place. So the number one question for the steering committee was why, why? Yeah. why do we do what we do? Why, why do, do we, we have exist? church? Yeah. Why do we exist? Why What's is this our building purpose? here? What's yeah. our mission? What are we, why are we doing what, what we're doing? So we just kept hammering that, hammering that, hammering that. Why do we, why do we exist? What's our purpose? What's our mission? Um, and so we, we came to an understanding that our mission is to join up with God and his mission. Um, The church doesn't have a mission per se. The church joins up with God in his mission, which God's (coughs) mission is to, um, his mission has always been to rescue and restore and recover the world at any cost to himself. And so we're just joining up with God in his mission. So So we focused on mission and then we said, okay, what would it look like to be a church that joins up with God in his mission? How would we organize ourselves to uh, accomplish, you know, joining up with God in his mission? And uh, that, you know, there were some moments of, um, of disagreement. disagreement. Yeah, for sure. And uh, there was certainly not 100% consensus on everything. But after the eight weeks, which was, which was an amazing time, it was really... To me, a an amazing experience. There were people that had been kind of, I, I don't know, I would say checked out of church mm-hmm. that for whatever reason they felt very inspired to be a part of this. And, I mean, there's people, and we'll talk about this maybe in another episode, there are people who went from being sitters in the back row every Sabbath, kind of checked out to actually being elders now which which is just really awesome we saw god like really working in mighty ways um i think just people need to be challenged they need to feel like they're a part of something greater um so anyway we had the eight weeks and then we set up our business meeting on what was the date again camille july 17 july 17 
and we um, we had a vote. We had discussion. We had a vote, and there were there were three resolutions that came out of the steering committee. And Camille, do you want to? Yes, read? I will talk about those three resolutions. Yes. So, um, one of the resolutions, the first one, was to become a church of missional community. So not just you know the two that we have already. But to double that and go well, yeah, to... Yeah, and to have everybody involved, invite <coughs> everybody to be a part of a missional yeah. community. And um, when we think of church, we think of missional community primarily. Yeah. yeah. And so that's that's the primary organizing structure of the church. So that's mm-hmm. number one. And that was almost a unanimous vote, wasn't it? Yeah. I think most people are see the need for that and um, we're excited about that. Yeah. And then the other, the, another... Um, Number two. The other resolution was um, to structure Sabbath gatherings so they align more with mission and the vision and the values that our church is representing, um, which is more relational. Um, some of that is going to be um, practical, adding roundtables um, to our service. Also, maybe probably having a couple of pews for those rows who, rows who don't feel comfortable as of yet um around that but then also um doing our children's programming um and doing their sabbath school time during the church service which many 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 churches do that's not not that's nothing new um mm-hmm. but just having a more informal uh you know more <laughs> welcoming sabbath worship service because some of our friends that we disciple in the community I think, you know, they, they do want to come, but like the formal dress up, stand up, sit down, sing hymns. Yeah. And I think, I think it's been hard. We've had people come to the church who, you know, single moms or single dads and they bring their kids and, you know, someone who's maybe not as committed to church or something like that. And then you're asking them to sit through, you know, an hour and a half basically program and then also entertain their kids. I mean, you know, that's me every week, um, but I'm committed to, um, you know, my church, and so it's a completely different, um, you know, perspective Perspective for me, but, you know, we've had a number of people who, like, you know, they'll come a couple times and just, like, you know, this isn't really working because here I am coming, and, <coughs> excuse me, I've been fighting this cold, um, and then they're, you know entertaining their kid the whole time. Yeah, there's there's lots of people that we know that uh, it's just a non-starter completely to come to a worship gathering if their children don't have programming during that time. So, you know, there's part of me that says, oh, man, the children should all be together with the adults. And I know, Camille, you were a little hesitant initially with that thought. Um, but... I don't know. The kids are with us the rest of the week, right? Yeah, and I think I think we'll start the service with them and you yeah, know, do praise do music, time and do, that type of thing, yeah. and then they'll have their own Sabbath school. Um, so I think it should work. Yeah. So then the third one, the third resolution that was passed, is that we would reorganize our church structure to accomplish these dual resolutions. So in other words, um, the only thing two things that we are going to do as a church are have missional communities and have our missional communities gather together on Sabbath. Now, actually there's, there's a little, um, 
uh, amendment here. The, the, the proposal, too, is that once a month um, we will not worship corporately together on Sabbath once a month, and we will meet instead with our missional communities. In our in homes. Our, in our homes, yeah. So just to emphasize... Which I our, think is really exciting. Yeah. Emphasize and prioritize... However, our, one missional community yeah. in the church will meet in the church for any visitors that may yeah. come. That was, that was one of the compromises that we... We established um, through the steering committee process, uh, but again, just to emphasize that our priority is missional communities, we thought that would be a good approach. Um, but anyway, the point is, we only have two things that we do as a church: missional communities, which is actually a huge thing because that's where all of church life really takes place, except for when we gather together on Sabbath. So we're simplifying our church structure. We're putting leaders in place to lead those two facets um we're also uh moving towards a gift-based leadership structure so we have uh we've talked about before the five-fold gifts in ephesians 4 apostle prophet evangelist shepherd teacher we ne- we have appointed or, or chosen elders we haven't had elders for like probably three years now we have elders and all those elders are based on took like a spiritual yeah, gifts yeah. test, and um, so those were decided and voted kind of upon based on their gifts. So it wasn't just how it normally goes. You know, you get to nominating committee, and you're like, okay, we really need to fill such and such a position, and we need this person, you know, here or there, and let's just assign this person this because they've been doing it for the past, you know, five or ten years. Mm-hmm. And so this has been really neat to see having gifts mm-hmm. for those yeah. positions. Yeah, and so, um, yeah, that's really, really neat to see. And um, we, uh, like I said, we have a, a, a trimmed down, a slimmed down um, leadership structure. Um, and uh, one of the things we did was, and this was, you know, I was in conversation with leadership that is overseas, our 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 church. Um, matter of fact, I spoke with my friend Ted Huskins, who was on episode a few episodes ago about how we should do it. And um, we are no longer having a nominating committee. Um, I know that may be a foreign term to our non-Adventist friends, but any Adventist who is listening knows what we're talking about. It's something that a church does every year or two where they come together and they have to put together this nominating committee. You, you nominate a committee to nominate the nominating committee. And then you have the nominating committee nominate different leaders and officers. And half the time you, it goes on forever and you have people that don't want to do the things they've been nominated for and you have to twist their arm. So what we were advised to do is have one single nominating committee ever again to a to nominate elders, treasurer, and church clerk. And then those individuals would be in their leadership positions for eternity is what would happen. No, no, no they, you know, if they die, we'll let them, uh, <laughs> we'll let them uh, off the hook. Or if they apostatize, which I don't think any of them will, 
or if they, you know, have a moral fall. But they will not be <coughs> removed from office every couple of years. They'll just hold that. Now, if they want to resign for whatever reason, we'll let them do that. But um, so we had this nominating committee. And Camille, you were on the nominating committee. Now, what was really, really fun is that, number one, everybody who was asked to be on the nominating committee served on the nominating committee, which is just unheard of in my experience. We got together a week ago. There was six of us on this committee. And how long was our meeting? Hour and a half. Hour and a half. And we got it all hammered out. There was no arguing. There was no huge disagreement. You know, there was, you know... A few different perspectives, but in an hour and a half, we hammered it out, and it was like, I think that's because number one, everybody sees the vision now. We see the mission. Well, and people, the people that were being asked, and then also everyone who was asked to serve, said yes, except for one person so far, because (laughs) we won't call him out. He is um, in the wilderness of Alaska right now for the last week, and. Literally without any phone service. But so far, everyone has said yes. And I think the main reason for that is, one, people are excited about this restart and about the vision. But then also, I think because they're specifically asked for a gift that they're mm-hmm. already good at. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm asking, you know, someone's asking me, like, Camille, can you please be the treasurer? Because, you know, we just really need someone to step up to the plate. And really, that's not my gift. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the gifts that people have they're just being asked to step forward and use them Mm -hmm. and it's so much easier i think to say yes when you already feel that like Mm -hmm. you're good in that area and again i i think that a lot of it as well in addition to that is just excitement about direction and vision and okay we're moving we're moving somewhere we're going somewhere we're making changes we're restarting we're pretending that there wasn't a church here before and, and we're like excited and this is new and this is fresh now Obviously, one of the challenges will be is that that excitement inevitably will <coughs> will wear off in a year or two, and that's why one of our values um, is creativity. We want to be a church that multiplies. We want to be a church that multiplies disciples, multiplies communities, multiplies churches, as we continue to always be mission-focused and outward-centered um, as we seek to be uh, a part of God's mission. So those are the three resolutions that passed. Um, again, it, not all of them passed with equal um, consensus. Uh, the one that was the most troubling to some people was number two, because uh, the other things don't really affect a person's well wh- visible church experience. But when you show up on Sabbath and all of a sudden things are completely different than the way they used to be, like now, now you're you're encroaching upon my experience well and we one of the things that was voted on was to have um to not have any leadership for the adult sabbath school to not officially have an official sabbath school program but people are still welcome to meet in one of the side rooms and and have their sabbath school and and that and don't get me wrong i think sabbath school for um for some people means a lot like i think it's um i think a lot of people get a can get a lot out of it. Um, and I said this in our meeting, um, when we had it on in July, uh, people were, you know, arguing for it and, you know, this, you know, we really like this and it means a lot. And, and I said, you know, not to be rude or anything. I don't, I don't want to come across as rude, 
But, you know, if you look at our Sabbath school and you've got, you know, nine people showing up on a Sabbath morning to attend adult Sabbath school, I said, I wouldn't exactly call that a success. And not to, not to mention that, but like, there's no young people going to that. And we say we're a church that wants to reach people and we're a church that's asking, why are young people leaving? Well, young people are not interested in going to a Sabbath school where people are sitting in rows, where someone's standing up front, you know, kind of dictating how the whole thing is being led. There's nothing people, against the people at our no, particular no, no, Sabbath no. school. And, this and is, that's, this and is the I, experience of every Sabbath school, almost every Sabbath yeah. school I've ever been a part of. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, some of us young people were saying, I guess, you know, like I said, I guess we're still young. Um, we're saying, you know, people are having though, having their quote unquote Sabbath schools just differently. They're doing it in coffee shops. They're doing it in people's homes. They're mm-hmm. doing it over brunch. They're, you know, um, and we would love to see like the Sabbath schools go into missional communities. Yeah, that was that was the argument. Like all the good things about Sabbath school plus a lot more are 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 taking would take place in the missional community. So you get all the benefits of Sabbath school, but you go beyond it because you're doing it, you know, during life. And there's so, there's yeah. nothing wrong with Sabbath school. Um but there's but there's also nothing biblically that says we need to have Sabbath school. Have Sabbath school <laughs> right before church every day and mm. sit in pews and have someone basically do another sermon. Yeah. So there's, there's nothing biblical about that. We all just grew up that way. So that's what we're used to. But why couldn't you have your Sabbath school on a Sunday morning eating brunch at, mm. you know, a restaurant or at someone's Doing home the quarterly or, Camille or, you know, <laughs> yeah, if you're into the quarterly, yeah. <laughs> Are you? Well, I mean, we don't need to discuss that, but you know, for the I, I realize the quarterly for some people means a lot, and that's great. I have nothing, yeah. nothing against that, and if that's what they like to study, that's that's great. Um, so, so you know, one of the arguments is, well, why don't we just make Sabbath school better then, if it's not meeting the need? And we said, you know what? Could it be that we can just do it in other ways? Like maybe your missional community studies the Bible together and does mission together and is discipling one another and you have the life on life you know discipleship and accountability instead of trying to reinvent the wheel or trying to like make a better mousetrap let's just like let's just do something different that still meets the requirements quote-unquote of sabbath school (coughs) both of us are kind of fighting this our youngest, <coughs> our well, youngest Winnie, caught a cold at the end of our camp meeting in which Maine was a, oh, a month ago. And was she's it that still, long ago? And she's still coughing. She's giving it to me. Sean's got it, and How did Camden I get it? has it. And it's just been. Um, Katie is the only. Apparently, one. we gave it to our Winnie gave it to our nephews, um, who live in Florida. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, so that is. The long and short of hashtag restart. We're really, really excited. <laughs> we will be launching our so pray for us because we'll be officially launching, quote unquote, launching our new and improved and um, updated worship gathering on September fifteen. 
of 2018 will be our launch Sabbath for our, our, our new Sabbath service. We, of course, are continuing to do our missional communities, although, like we say, we're trying to start new ones. We're multiplying out of our existing one, um, going from one of those to three, plus we had another one that was already going on in, in uh, <coughs> excuse me, caught at the same time. Um, so anyway, keep us in prayer. I'm sure this elicits a lot of questions, um, but you know the whole goal of this is just to make disciples and how can we join up with God in his mission of rescuing the world and blessing and serving and making disciples. That's, that's the only reason we exist. Um, admittedly, along the way, there's been a lot of trying times. It's been hard these last eight-plus months as we've been on this journey, especially, I know it's been a couple of years as a whole, but acutely this last eight months with this restart idea. Um, and as you can see, it's we've talked about slow is the new fast. And mm-hmm. as you can see, I mean, it takes time to, like, get everyone on board or it takes mm-hmm. time to, like, change people's mentalities and mm-hmm. you know we're not even all the way there yet and it's yeah you know from when this idea was presented to when it was actually voted it was six months mm-hmm. so yeah. um it's it's definitely been a long process so if you just an encourage word of encouragement if you are in the process of trying to get change in your church um just slow yeah. as the new fast just try to go about it you know faithfully but Knowing that it takes time. And, you know, it's really cool is that out of this process, um, we've had somebody commit to becoming a member of our church and getting baptized. Um, It was funny. One of one of our our individuals who's been a part of our missional community, uh, she like I said, this was this was the steering committee process was open to everybody. And so she was coming to a number of the meetings (coughs) and. one of the evenings, I, I'd never talked with her before about baptism. Um, I know that makes me a bad evangelist, but I just know that people can kind of feel a little um, cornered. Cornered, and so I, I, I didn't, I hadn't talked with her explicitly about this before. But after one of the meetings, as we were talking about the business meeting, I said, "Hey, you know what? Sounds like we need to make you a, you know, get you to be a member so you can vote, you know, on behalf of this ideas." And she says, "You know what? I've been thinking about that." And uh, I would let's talk about what it would take for me to become a member of the church. And so she is going to be baptized. Um, The plan is first Friday evening of September. So that's exciting. Oh, yeah. Cool. I haven't even told you about the date. I didn't know the date. So anyway, that's really cool. Uh, That's what it's all about is 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 having people, you know, not, you know, we've talked about it's not about baptisms, but um, having people. Uh, make deeper commitments to to Jesus and and his, and, to his and his mission and his body and his community of of disciples. So yeah, that's that's a cool upshot of all this. So anyway, anything else before we shut her down? I'm sure, as I said, there's been a lot of questions that have have uh, resulted from all these uh, points that we've made. And I hope, again, sometimes to break down those values that, that we talked about, disciple-making, community, community and connection, inclusivity and recovery, and creativity. Um, maybe we'll tackle those in the near future. And we will, Camille, we'll commit to being regular 
every week yeah, now again, so right? Yeah, so it's good to be back. And now, kind of as our summer winds down, we'll have a more um, steady schedule and as mm-hmm. school kicks in. And uh, so it's great to be back with you guys. And thanks for... Um, Staying with us through all the coughing in this episode, but mm-hmm. um, hopefully you can't catch it from our coughing. Yeah, like, it's not contagious via the microphones. But this has been Mission Lab. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Mission Lab. Our theme song is "Portland Hike" by Tiny Music. Additional editing by Chris Ogay. Follow us on Twitter at M Lab podcast.